Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. I'm Joey Christopoulos and my co-host, Corey Wooten. we got a fantastic guest to preview Bears, Packers, Week 18. A lot on the line for the rivalry. Maybe not so much for the Bears, but first got to talk about our presenting sponsor. And who else? It's BetOnline.ag. Look, the NFL playoffs, it's right around the corner. College football playoff is here. The NBA season is in full swing. So BetOnline has you covered with all the up-to-minute seconds, all up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. Additional odds, lines, and trends, and info, both on desktop and mobile. You can access the world's best wagering information at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head on to your mobile device or sign up today. Get in on all the action when you use promo code BELIEVE. B-L-E-A-V. That's right. When you use B-L-E-A-V, believe you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's only at BetOnline.ag where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in the show. Thank you for listening to us wherever you get your podcasts in the Believe Network or on SiriusXM. Thank you for watching us on YouTube here by our presenting video sponsor this year, Sports Talk Chicago, kicking off 2024, right? Let's bring in my co-host right now uh, before we bring in our guest. He is former Bears defensive end, former Northwestern Wildcats standout, CHGO's very own, West End Golf Club's very own. He's looking good. He doesn't make it to midnight on New Year's, but he's here. He fell asleep before New Year's. What's up, Corey? Man, what's up, man? I'm getting old out here in these streets, man. I got a five-year-old, an eight-year-old. They were giving me a hard time. Hey, dad can't even make. You know, I did. I did have a hard workout early in that day. I did some cardio. I did the stairmaster, did a little circuit workout. So I got an excuse, man. I'm 36 years old. Not a spring chicken anymore, Joey. You know what I mean? <laughs> spring chicken. I'm the autumn chicken, man. I turn 40 years old tomorrow. So by the time oh. the people are watching and listening to this, Ooh. I'm going to be four four zero. Uh, still thinking about still thinking about a baseball comeback as a relief pitcher. Hey, let's bring in our guest here to talk about Bears Packers right now. He is former uh, Dolphins linebacker. He is also the host of Testudos and Touchdowns. You can find him uh, making great content at Beyond the Big Ten. It is Trey Watson. What's up, Trey? What up, man? How you doing? Appreciate y'all having me on. We're doing great, man. So happy to have you here on the show. Uh, you know, full disclosure, uh, Trey Watson is Christian Watson's brother, so he has been following every single snap of the Green Bay Packers all season long. Uh, but let's dive right right into it, Trey. Uh, I want to ask you this question first. I want to hear Corey weigh in, and then we're going to be off and running. Uh, I want to start it off like this, where Bears versus Packers, rivalry, we hate each other. I want to do a little olive branch, something that brings us a little bit closer that we might have both in common. I've been noticing something on Twitter and on social media this year. And it's a very, it's this thing that they do where you cherry pick a play, whether it's positive or negative. And and I'm all I'm all up for watching plays on Twitter. I, I love it and everything. But someone will always post a, a cherry pick one play that's positive or negative, and then it's some sort of confirmation bias caption of "I told you he was the best" or "I told you he was trash." I feel like that's <laughs> happened a lot this year with our quarterbacks, Justin Fields. And Jordan Love. Uh, so open us up a little bit with just an easy, easy does it. How do you assess Jordan Love's play this year? A guy who's thrown for 30 touchdowns, 3,800 yards, but at times has had some struggling, uh, some struggling stretches. How have you assessed his season so far? It's It's been a work in progress. I think people act like you just walk out on a football field and you're great just because. Like, that's not how it works, especially not at the NFL level. When you're talking about the the best players on the planet at what they do, um, and yeah, Jordan Jordan's in his fourth year, but this is his first year starting, and he was also doing it with the youngest roster in like NFL history, almost I think. Uh, so you're talking about a guy who was going to take lumps, 
Now, yeah, were some of the early ones frustrating because it felt like they had the opportunity to win some games that that they didn't? Yes, it was. And I think part of it was people couldn't distinguish the fact between correcting the things he wasn't excelling at versus bashing him like he was trash, which, I mean, that's that's the social media world we live in. I mean, you, you've seen Packers fans go in on me because I'm a Jordan Love hater because I said, oh, he missed some throws or he underthrew some balls that led to interceptions. Just because he did that doesn't mean that the next week when he threw for 300 yards that I wasn't cheering. It doesn't mean that he wasn't going to be good no matter what. And at the end of the day, we found out he's, you know, a 4,000-yard passer, 30 touchdown passes. Uh, I mean, the dude is is getting it done. He's playing better by the week. It's also been that this roster has been evolving around him by the week. Matt LaFleur has been understanding how he can call plays for Jordan and what he does well, as well as what the playmakers around him do well. And literally week by week, we've seen new guys make an impact. I mean, we just had our first 100-yard receiver who was fresh off the practice squad in his second call-up game. Um, and you just don't see things like that. But when you have a quarterback who's growing in confidence by, you know, by the day, when you have a play caller who's understanding how to use his guys, not everybody looks great. And right now, Jordan Jordan looks like a, a top 10 type quarterback who's in line for a significant raise, rightfully so. I, yeah, I, I agree with you in that uh, regard. I think he had a very hot start. He looked very comfortable. But you look at the stats, I mean, that's pretty impressive for a first-year quarterback, whether or not he got to sit behind arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks ever play in Aaron Rodgers. But what you're seeing is him really coming to his own. And I look at Justin Fields on the on the other side of the uh, football, you know, for the Chicago Bears. It seems like he's starting to hit his stride. Um, I kind of wish we did have a coordinator similar to the floor because what he's been able to do game planning wise and even without the two talented running backs, they've been banged up Jones and Dylan this year. He's still been able to put great numbers. So it just seems like Green Bay does a great job of drafting and developing. And they've done that from the time back when I first came in the league in 2010. They were known for drafting these great people, being able to develop them and then have them for second contracts. You know, the Bears, on the other hand, especially offensively, have kind of struggled doing that. So. Hopefully going forward, the Bears are able to get on the same page offensively. Justin Fields has all the talent in the world. I feel like the the play caller, Luke Getze, who formerly came from uh, the Packers, has kind of done a bad job of, of really utilizing his strengths. When on the other side, I feel like Matt LaFleur has been like, okay, you know, especially when they were going through some growing pains. Okay, let me get to the drawing board. Let me do stuff that he's comfortable with, that he feels comfortable with. Let me give some of these looks. And I agree with you talking about the – you know, the age of these wide receivers and, and, you know, especially not having those running backs. I think it's definitely been growing pains, but I've been really impressed with him. I think, you know, for somebody to put up the numbers he has, have a chance to go over 30 plus touchdowns, kept the interceptions pretty bit low. Um, but I think people are so critical on these younger quarterbacks because mm -hmm. especially for you guys, you guys have had Aaron Rodgers. So you've had Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre for the past 25 years. So I think people are a little skewed about things, but Love has done a great job. And uh, I'm looking forward to the future of, of uh, especially this NFC North. A lot of young guys that are talented. And if, if the Bears decide to keep Justin Fields, that would be a heck of a rivalry, having them both go at each other, two talented young quarterbacks. For sure. Yeah, and Trey, uh, hopping over to Justin Fields a little bit, and I want you to weigh in on maybe your perspective of how um... – Jordan Love has assimilated himself into a locker room. You know, we're getting to the point right now where it's the final week of the season. 
And for a lot of people, you know, Bears Twitter is as divided as ever of whether to keep Justin Fields or whether to move on and trade him. And I want to get your guys' perspective because I find you both incredibly knowledgeable, measured former NFL players. And I'm trying to make sense of something where, look, I'm going to be honest with you, and people in the comments are going to say it as such, where Justin Fields, if you want to pull up some stats, you can pull up some stats that make him look pretty ugly pretty quickly. Uh, if you want to pull up some advanced stats on Justin Fields that has him ranked in the bottom or he only, he takes 3.23 seconds to throw a pass, it's, it's worse than the NFL or his fourth quarter numbers, whatever it is, you can pull up all that. And there's that side of the argument. I want to hear the side of the argument that you guys probably know more than anything because you lived and breathed it. Where for my money, not only are the Chicago Bears players in the locker room right now going out of their way to praise Justin Fields, to campaign for Justin Fields, to say that he is the guy, to say that he is our leader. But me and Corey have talked about this on Believe in Bears in years past. Of, there were guys that played against him last year in post-game interviews that were just singing the praises of Justin Fields' talent and his ceiling. So, Trey, man, I just kind of want you to weigh in on the fan reads, reads the stats, but you guys have been in the locker rooms. I don't know if you've ever had a quarterback that you've ever been behind that deeply, but that has to mean a lot. And how much does that possibly mean when we're trying to make the case for Justin Fields to stay the Chicago Bears? Because we're in the same spot, man. Our roster is one of the youngest in the NFL. These guys are going to be around for the next couple of years. So how much would that weigh into the decision with general manager Ryan Poles where the locker room loves Justin Fields so much? They're going to have to make a decision, you know, with what they've seen, with the the flashes and the growth that he's shown um, throughout the last couple of years, because there's been so much in flux around him, it, it's really hard to get a true gauge of how good he is, you know, individually. I mean, there's there's been just as many highlights of, or lowlights, I should say, of guys dropping wide open passes that hit him right in the face mask, hit him right in the hands, the, the Darnell Mooney, you know, Hail Mary ball, as there have been plays where we could say, oh, that's Justin's fault. Oh, he missed this read. Oh, he threw this interception. So you know you know what kind of tools he has. Um, but for the locker room to be so behind a guy, that means that he's earned their respect doing something, whether it's the plays that we see you know, in the games, whether it's during the week, whether it's the way he carries himself in the huddle, in meetings, all that stuff. And that does hold some weight. Um, as far as, you know, the GM and the head coach when they're, when they're weighing the options, I mean – we're real. We know what the options are. It's him or Caleb Williams. Um, I don't know if that's – actually, I would say I know it's not the number one factor for them, right, because they're thinking, okay, the, the future of the franchise passed just this year. They're also thinking about the future of their own jobs, staying in Chicago <laughs> as long as they can. What gives them the best odds, right? Because another factor that, un unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it, comes into play with Justin is soon he'll have to be paid again. and that's vastly different than, you know, having a, another quarterback on a rookie deal. So that's that's a factor that has nothing to do with play that does come into play at some point is, hey, do we keep Justin, go elsewhere with this number one pick, trade it, and then, you know, pay Justin $150, 200000000 million, which is the going rate for, to be honest, some average quarterbacks. I mean, Daniel Jones is making $40 million a year, um, and people are out here campaigning for Tommy DeVito to play next year. So it's like, where do you, you know, where do you fall in line in terms of the priorities with Justin Fields? Because we know he has the gifts. Um, we, we've seen so much from him. And like you said, you've heard other teams that he plays against say, hey, man, this this is one of the hardest dudes to play against. Um, now that they've had DJ or added DJ Moore to the room, potentially could they add another guy, a Marvin Harrison Jr. to that room? And now all of a sudden, 
you got DJ Moore, you got Komet, you got Marvin Harrison Jr. And you're talking, okay, Justin can do whatever he wants. The run game is already going to be strong just with Justin alone. You probably put in any running back in there and they'll be successful. Um, so, man, it, it's a tough decision, in, in my opinion. I mean, in terms of the value of the locker room alone, you see it with Jordan Love. Guys play harder for someone that's at the helm that they, that they know and respect and, and love at the end of the day. Uh, no pun intended there, but that's just how it goes. I, I've been I've been talking about this with Justin Fields when the low lights of the season, when people were very critical on him. I just think he's so talented of a guy that, like you talked about, Trey, coaches like last year, Mike McDaniel, uh, you know, the whole Philly team were talking about how talented he was and how hard he was to defend. I just feel like the talent is there. But in Chicago, we are so skewed because Chicago has never had a franchise quarterback that they felt mm -hmm. great about, right? Even Jay Cutler, you can make an argument. He's been the most talented quarterback the Bears have had before Justin Fields. But I think Justin Fields has all the talent in the world, right? He can make pretty much every throw, right? It's, it's been a thing about his consistency. And I think a combination of the play calling, him trying to maybe prove that he's this pocket passer at times. And I think when last week, I think that's really when he said, you know what, F all this stuff. I'm just going to play. I don't know if I'm going to be here or not. He he played freely. He let loose. And he that was arguably one of the best quarterback performances. And the stats, right, 266 yards, one touchdown. But the precision of his passes, right, the, the one to uh, DJ Moore for that first touchdown, right, he probably arguably could have thrown that, that second uh, pass to DJ Moore as well, where he kind of went up for one hand. Do that right on the money, only where he can got it. Tyler Scott towards the end of the game. That's Marvin Harrison Jr. That's a touchdown right there. Mm -hmm. So so my thing is like this. As a former defensive player, and Trey, you can test to this, I would not want to face Justin Fields at all, to be honest. I think that's a nightmare matchup. As a former defensive man, I'm like, every time that he has the ball in his hands, whether it's his own read, whether it's the boots, his scrambling ability, what other quarterbacks besides maybe Lamar Jackson can make that scramble play where he beat three defenders dead to rights and scrambles for 15 yards? So my thing is he has all the talent. He's been improving. He doesn't throw picks like he did in year two or year one, right? You have to blame the play caller for some of this, right? Because this was supposed to be a huge year of development for him. Last year, you thought they figured things out with him, being able to get him on the move towards the end of the season. They were arguably playing some really good football. So my thing is right now, especially with this last game, I think the, the GM and the owner, I think they, they see in the, Oh, we want Justin Fields chance. Right. And him playing as well as he did. It's like all of a sudden now it makes that decision that much harder. And, and my thing is like this, if you're looking at him and Caleb Williams, they are pretty similar quarterback wise, right? They both mobile guys that candidate of an arms that can do it all, you know? So, my thing is, I don't think him or Drake May are better than Justin Fields right now. So I, I, if I were them, I would keep Justin Fields. I would add another receiver. I would add another defensive end opposite Montez Sweat and a three technique. And I think this team is pretty scary. The way they're playing right now, they remind me a lot of how the Detroit Lions were last year, right? They, start, they, started, they, started, they started getting hot too late in the season, right? Mm -hmm. But they were arguably playing some of the most consistent football in the league and they started out this year on the right path. And I think the Bears can do the same thing. But I think Justin Fields is too talented not to build around him. 
especially when he has this locker room. He's playing well right now, and that defense is playing lights out. I just think you're a couple pieces away from being a playoff contender, and I, th I think all of a sudden you start that whole process again. And I know money has been a big thing with Justin Fields, but think about if you if you pick up his fifth year option, right? Essentially, for the next two years, you got him for thirty one and a half million dollars for two years. And you talked about Daniel Jones, that's forty million dollars a year. That is a bargain for a guy that's mm -hmm. going to continue and improve because I think he hasn't even scratched the surface of what he can be. So that's what I'm I'm talking about: bargaining, negotiate, all this. I think I think that's a that's a steal of a deal to get a talent like Justin Fields for two years for thirty one and a half million dollars. Yeah, and on top of that, if you take Caleb Williams, uh, Bears fans are going to be banging the drum to give T. Higgins $25 million, right? I mean, the money's yeah. going to go somewhere else, but how are you allocating those dollars specifically? And, Corey, man, you're making a great point. I mean, look, uh, we can call it an excuse if you want, but when we start doing the autopsy on the season, when you start looking back, you're also saying to yourself, wow, our left tackle started on IR. Uh, Tevin Jenkins got hurt. Uh, he didn't, uh, it wasn't landed on IR, but he missed a bunch of games. Our right guard was MIA. Uh, our center was no good. And our best player was our right tackle who just happened to be a first round draft pick learning his way in the NFL. And you're like, Oh, well, maybe this making more sense where we got some cohesion moving on, um, deeper into the season. You start to say, Oh, maybe that's why, um, got a couple more minutes here to go. I do want to, before we go, I want each of you former NFL linebacker, former defensive end. I do want to ask each of you one question. Uh, you guys get to ask each other one question. Before we go, Bears and Packers, Trey, I'll go first really quick. Uh, the Green Bay Packers will lose in week 18 if blank. If their defense doesn't repeat the same kind of performance that they had last week, the biggest thing for them that they've struggled with defensively is it seems like they don't know how to call plays for the guys that are out there. Um, they haven't been playing to their strengths week in and week out, and that's why they've had up performances, down performances, losing to Tommy DeVito, giving up 30 points to Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. So they, they have to find some realm of consistency. Also, they really struggled against mobile quarterbacks. Um, Justin is one of the top two or three most mobile in the game. So mobile. Yeah, so you, you got to <laughs> – you got to limit those opportunities, right? And they have ways to do that with, you know, Quay Walker, what, you know, spying, spying with a guy like him who's, you know, so big, so athletic, um, can chase a guy down. Lucas Van Ness has some of those similar traits. Uh, saw him chase, chase Justin down in week one. And it was a pretty impressive play from a defensive end. So they're going to have to, you know, keep Justin within the pocket. While he can throw from the pocket, that's not, that hasn't been as, as strong or, as much of a strong suit for him and the bears just haven't had success doing it consistently week in and week out. So if you're able to make them one dimensional, that's how they win. If you, you let him run all over the place, you you give up the opportunity to lose this game because the offense has proven that they're going to put up points, especially if they can get some guys back. It, it's all on the defense, man. Corey on the other side, uh, you know, the Chicago Bears, look, we got eliminated from the playoffs. We're not going. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, we get the chance to play spoiler. I mean, if we beat the Packers, we mm -hmm. pretty much keep them out of the postseason. Yeah. We're a Bears Packer mm -hmm. rivalry that's pretty sweet. So for your end, Corey, the Chicago Bears will win in week eighteen if blank. If they're able to get after Jordan Love, right? I think the the times that he struggled is when he was pressured. And you look at this Bears team, they are a scary team for, for teams to play because they're getting hot at the right time. Defensively, they're playing lights out, Joey. We talked about the lack of pressure early on. They struggle to get pressure. Then insert Montez Sweat, this defense coming. He's rose everybody's a game. 
Jervon Dexter is out there playing lights out. Justin Jones and company. The linebacking core is playing amazing. The secondary is playing. So they are peaking at the right time. Unfortunately, there's nothing on the line for them. But this rivalry, they they love nothing more than to spoil uh, Green Bay's uh, trip to the postseason. So this this is a game where, where I have the Bears winning. I think they're just... I think they're peaking at the right time. I think things are firing on all cylinders. I think Justin Fields is playing free right now because I think, you know, when you have that mentality, like you don't give a damn, <laughs> that, that's what that's when you start letting that thing fly. And what you're seeing is them playing loose. They have nothing to lose at this point. They have everything to spoil with Green Bay. I think this is a scary game for, for uh, Green Bay, um, their livelihood. How many times, Joey, 2013, my last year for the Bears, after Aaron Rodgers broke his clavicle, right? Comes to town, last game of the season, right? We win that game we're in. Green Bay spoiled them. Man, they beat us. Um, they've done that for us for so many years. So I think Bears, fans, the team, oh, they're 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 ready to kick them out of the playoffs. So th- this is this is one where I see it being a tight one, but I see the Bears coming out on top. I think the defense. Their defense is playing better right now, collectively as a unit. I think they're peaking at the right time. Uh, secondary is playing lights out right now. When you talk about young receivers going against some young receivers, uh, David Bakhtiari hasn't played all season. He's he was a shutdown left tackle. Um, I think this is a game where where Montez Sweat can really feast. Jervon Dexter's coming along, so I, I think this is a game where they pressure and get after Jordan Love, and uh, you know. Jones and Dylan, they're, they're starting to get healthier, but the Bears have done a great job of stopping uh, opposing rushes. So this this, this is going to be a tight one, but I think the Bears come out on top. Yeah, one play Shea breaking the collarbone of Aaron Rodgers. I'll never forget that. And then, unfortunately, Corey, that anniversary was like just a couple of days ago, man. I'm glad that you brought it up so I didn't have to bring it up. Um, Trey, we're going to get out of this. And then my final one is, oh, yeah, by the way, the Chicago Bears haven't been the Green Bay Packers in five years. <laughs> I've been married that long, bro. I'm about to turn 40. What's it going to be? Wait, like, are you going to say five years? It's five. Oh. We're, we're coming up on five now. I think they've lost Holy last moly. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 the that's Rodgers bad. effect for you. And then obviously, yeah. we've won Jordan Love. So um, before we get out of here, just really quick, I, I want to open up Trey, man. Uh, do you got a question for Corey or anything? Like, you know, linebacker to defensive end. I just want to watch you guys talk ball for a couple minutes, and then we got to roll. Uh, yeah, I mean, so. I'll think of a, a football related question, but and it's not it's not Bears related, but I know you're a Northwestern guy and you can't see behind me right now because I got all his hair. But no, I see it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my that's Maryland. my Illinois jersey back. No, 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 that's Maryland. Oh, that's that's yeah, I went, I, I, he was Illinois. Illinois first. He played for Lovey. Oh. He played for Lovey. You both played for Lovey. Oh, you played for Lovey. Okay. Yeah, we can we can talk about that off camera. That's a whole nother story. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but uh I spent three and a half years there. So what was uh what was your record back in the day in the old uh Land of Lincoln rivalry? We we won every year except the Rose Bowl year when Rashar Mendenhall and um, yeah that team really spent yeah they were they were good we 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 yeah I think uh, out of my yeah I was four to five against you guys in the Land of Lincoln Trophy so Rashard and really it's been um, Juice, Juice Williams mm-hmm. uh, the tight end Michael Humanui um, mm-hmm. Samoan Polynesian guy yeah, yeah. Um, yeah they they were they were pretty beastly there uh, Whitney Merciless. Uh, yeah, he was Jay a younger Lehman. guy at the time, Jay Lehman. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, you had uh, Monte Davis as well. So mm-hmm. had a lot of good NFL guys at that time. Um, but, but yeah, it's it, it's 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 been a good rivalry as as of late, you know. So it's always something that look forward to. And um, so when you fir- you so you first started out at Maryland, right? 
No, other way around. So I did I so, did three and a half years at Illinois, then, finished that as a grad transfer at Maryland. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got recruited out of high school. So from Jersey. So uh what was his name? Uh Free Freegent was the coach. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. 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 Was he wasn't coaching when you were there, right? Oh no, no, no. Yeah. He was long gone. I um yeah. yeah, when I got there, the head coach was Tim or Tony Durkin. Not Tony Durkin. Mm-hmm. So, some Durkin, Coach Durkin. Okay. And then we had a whole incident happen, and then Matt Canada was our interim head coach during the season. Yeah. Uh, oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah that was that yeah, that was a crazy year for us. Uh, but you no, know, it, went, it yeah. went well individually, I guess. That it, it was what it, it was. Exactly, but, you know. college, good old college park, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. We we didn't play Northwestern when I was there. Uh, yeah, we they weren't. The even, you guys weren't even in the Big Ten at no. that point. Yeah, what was it two years ago? The Rutgers and Maryland. Or two or three. No, 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 no. No, they were already in the Big Ten. So they they went to the Big Ten in 2015, I believe. I think it was my sophomore year. Yeah, yeah. So like we played we played Illinois when I was at Maryland and we beat we beat them like 67 to to 20 or something crazy. Um but uh yeah, no, they they had they moved to the Big Ten while I was in college. So I got there 2014. I think they had just gotten to to the Big Ten. I don't know why it seems like it's been been uh sooner than that but um so i got i got i have a question for you as a linebacker right so if you're mm-hmm. if you're going one-on-one on a guy like justin fields right and you're one-on-one on him you have him on contain let's say he's doing his own replay how do you attack a guy like that to make sure you can get to the edge um you know like what's what's your kind of thought process with that Dude, the, the biggest thing, one, those are those are situations that you're like, man, I, I hope I don't have to do it on those plays. Yeah. You hope you hoping somebody else has to, uh, especially when you come from off the ball, because it's just so much space. And you know the, the more athletic the guy is, the more the space, the the more you just like, all right, I lost. But that that the the key is really closing that space, right? And the more leverage you can maintain while closing space, like there's just that fine line, right? Of staying in outside to go but not five six yards of space outside to where he can just jab step you and he can go either way so man those are those are really tough situations and like you know as an end you can be in that situation as an outside Mm -hmm. linebacker even an off the ball linebacker you can end up in that spot and it's just like there's no way to win you're hoping hey man can i make him shuffle his feet he second guesses and i get some help where where's the you know where's the uh where's the nose who overlapped on the guard and he's he's gonna help me make this tackle uh, as long as you don't let them get outside, you'll, you mm-hmm. should be all right, right? You just don't want to give them a free crease uh, either way. It's tough. Exactly. Yep, you got to make them work a little bit because I remember as as a defensive end having to go against, you know, a uh, guy like Michael Vick, and, and that's mm-hmm. that's arguably one of, the, one of the greatest mobile quarterbacks in the game, and he's the type of guy that you literally just have to run to the sideline. Like, mm-hmm. you're, there, you're not running with him. You got to take an angle a little bit forward to get to the sideline and force him back in inside rally the troops. You hope everybody's running to the ball because you know, at least if you force them back, right, it's going to slow them down for a second. And hopefully, like you said, that those defensive ends, linebackers, everybody's running to the football. You got a team that's, that's relentless and you're able to lessen the blow of, you know, instead of a, you know, a 50 yard gain, it could be a, you know, six, seven, eight yard gain. When you rally the mm-hmm. troops, you kind of minimize that. And that's like Justin Fields, you know, he's a guy that can really hurt you, but 
But the thing is, you just want to minimize those big plays, right? If you can, if you can hold them to six to eight on the scramble, as opposed to twenty to thirty to forty to fifty, and then him eventually breaking that eighty-yard run, that's what you want to try to do. And a lot of times, a lot of that can be avoided by guys just playing hard, right? Rallying to the football. Usually, you see when these quarterbacks break out, there's some people loafing. There's some, there's 100%. some, there's some loaves of bread that 100%. are going to be on, 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 on the, on the table when you're watching that film. Okay. What is this? Yeah. You were loafing buddy. All right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's what you usually see on those big plays guys loafing. And you never want to see that as a defense. Do you get tired as a, as a defensive end, defensive tackle? You tap your helmet. We're not like the linebackers. We're not playing yeah, every shuffle, play. Shuffle in and yeah, out. You go as hard as you can, as long as you can, and you get out the game. All right. <laughs> That's that's the biggest thing that like you know I mean obviously I'm you know playing off the ball for the most part but like when you do have to blitz or when coach coach calls one you coming off the edge two three plays in a row you get on you get a feeling for how hard it is when you having the pass rush at oh, yeah. full speed yeah. for three or four plays in a row I don't I don't think people understand that at max speed dealing with a six 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 seven three hundred pound freak athlete when he's yeah. trying to grab you and slam yeah. you to the ground. Then you got to mm -hmm. run to the ball too. Yeah, after yeah, man. They throw the ball behind you, and, and yeah, guys running down the field, thirty yard completion, and now you got to oh, hey, do, do it again. Oh, yep. buddy, yeah. it's beast mode, man. Oh shit, they're going <laughs> no huddle. They're going no huddle. Oh fuck. Two, two <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's that, that's when that's when you get a cramp. Yep, you got a cramp in your leg. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> that guy goes down. We got an injury on the. On yeah. The, yeah, stay yeah. down, stay and down. Then, now I got a hundred percent. Then they'd cut to a commercial, and I'd be in the commercial driving a car. So this is where we get all the synergy. That's where it all comes together. That's exactly. funny. Back in the day, uh, we got to get you guys out of here, man. This was Believe in Bears, presented by BetOnline.ag. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. Promo code fifty percent off when you use promo code Believe B L E A V. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us on the Believe Network, wherever you get your podcasts here on Sirius XM. And also, thank you so much for watching us on Sports Talk Chicago here. Comment and question below. I'm Joey Christopoulos. Follow me at Joey uh, Sports Guy. Corey Wooten. Follow him at Corey Wooten. Two O's, two T's. Get it right. And also, thank you so much, uh, Trey Watson, for coming on, man. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking ball, dude. We have to do it again soon. Uh, not rooting for your brother this weekend, but man, he's a fantastic <laughs> dude. He's one of he was my one of my favorite receivers coming out of the draft, man. And uh, he makes plays that even when he's wearing the green, uh, the green and yellow, I have to say, damn, he's really good. Uh, thanks for coming <laughs> on the show, man. No, most definitely, man. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank you, bro. Absolutely. Uh, be well, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other, everyone. Bear down. We got one more week to go, and then guess what? A hundred days of Justin Fields talk. Buckle up, baby. <laughs> uh, we'll yep. Be back. I can't wait. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. We'll be back. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.